Yeah, yeah, yeah! Come and take a look at the snow. Bright white as far as your eyesight goes. Come and take a look at the fields of snow. I'll just get my coat, then we're good to go. Come and take a look at the lake. Let's have a quick skate before it gets late. Come and take a look at the frozen lake. Put your clothes on, mate. Don't make that mistake. Greetings, holiday shoppers. There are now 161 shopping days left until Christmas Day, and I think you know what that means. That means it's time for another episode of Christmas Creeps, your one-stop shop for holiday movies and TV shows all year round. Hi, everybody. My name is Joseph Wade. I will be your host for this evening. Here with me tonight, as always, is my co-host, Johnny Five, the human robot. Hello. Hello, John. How are you tonight? Uh, full of piss and vinegar, and the vinegar is turning into more piss, so we'll see how that goes. That's what I like to hear. And Mr. Bradford is here as well. Brad? Are you ready to talk about some muscle millionaires? Oh yeah, I am so jacked and ready to go. Uh, this week on the show, uh, Christmas in July is kind of the big thing going on right now, and most of it I see online is like Hallmark-related and that's fine, and we're just going to let them have that because uh, that's really not our th- our bag over here at Christmas Creeps HQ. Uh, we, on the other hand, like to dig a little deeper in a different vein, uh, and that's a mining metaphor, and that will come into play much, much later in the podcast. We, last time on the show, we did Jaws 4, which is like one of the famous uh, worst, one of those famous worst movies ever kind of movies and we're keeping that streak alive tonight by talking about 1996's santa with muscles oh yeah that's not hulk hogan is it that's somebody else that is that is jim guy that's that's bone saw from spider-man yes (laughs) bone saws ready yes exactly uh so santa with muscles it's one of those movies that, like, the bad movie crowd always likes to make jokes about. But then when you actually sit down to, if, you, if you're the kind of person like us who actually wants to watch these things, it becomes tricky. Because this movie is very hard to find right now. Mm-hmm. Legally actually, dubious. Legally dubious. That's a great way to put it. Um, the DVD is not for sale. Legally dubious. Extremely YouTubious. Not for retail sale. It says it on all the DVDs because it was a pack-in. <laughs> yes. Harmful or fatal if swallowed. If you are willing to shell out $62, you can get a four-film family holiday movie collection featuring Santa with muscles. Can you hit me with um, the other three films that are in this four-film family collection? For $62.56 plus shipping and handling gets you Santa with Muscles, The Santa Incident, The Boy Who Saved Christmas, and The Elf Who Didn't Believe. The Elf Who Didn't Believe. I am extremely sur- surprised that a dog named Beethoven is not involved in any of those movies you mentioned. <laughs> I know, right? This seems and, like Beethoven's sequel, like, Wasteland. Uh, it, it, extremely telling on here is that the Santa incident is approved by the Dove Foundation. And I, I'm willing to bet two of the other two oh, films I like their also, chocolate and their soap. Are also approved. <laughs> but I'm fairly certain Santa with Muscles is not. Yeah. I can't imagine a, a universe in which Santa with Muscles is approved by any uh, Christian organization. <laughs> I mean, it does involve a, a children's orphanage and, and that said orphanage being saved at Christmas. So, well... 
Saved is a relative term. If we're talking about the building, <laughs> it's not so saved. I mean, it it's saved I, about as about as much as the house from Poltergeist is saved. I think this is the first film that we've watched in a Christmas movie we watched in which a church is destroyed over the course of like two and a half minutes on an extended cut. <laughs> yes. Oh, good lord! So. The whole purpose of us watching Santa with Muscles is mostly just uh, availability. Now, I know I just said this is extremely hard to find, but guess what? Some poor, kind soul has put the entire thing on YouTube, and we watched it. And nobody has bothered to DCMA that. Because who would? I don't know. I would think... Well, I'm not going to go down that road. I was going to say something about the Hulkster, but uh, let's, let's not even touch that. No, he's like only extremely litigious when literal blood money is involved. I don't know. Somebody got paid for this movie in a very untoward manner, I feel like. So, uh, first things first, this movie was directed by a man named John Murlowski. And I only bring this up because I'm looking at his filmography now, and it's mostly full of uh, direct-to-video crap. But also, there are three other Christmas films on this filmography that we may need to address at some point. And none of them are in, in that four-pack of other Christmas movies featuring Santa with muscles. Uh, the movie he directed immediately after this is the direct sequel to Richie Rich, Richie, Richie Rich's Christmas Wish. Oh, boy. Wait, the live-action one, yeah? Yes. The original that starred assume... Macaulay Culkin. Yes. And... I assume <laughs> this one does not star like Macaulay Culkin. Culkin instead. Uh, no, in the sequel, Richie Rich is played by a kid named David Gallagher, and... Uh, the 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 fat rotund uh, Professor Keenbean in the first film is now played by Eugene Levy. Uh, I I don't know. I'm looking at the cast list. I'm kind of interested in this film now. We might need to switch gears and uh, do that instead. But uh, I'm we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, we could just watch all four of them in sequence and call it the John Forkaus John Murkowski four pack. Yeah, the John Murkowski <laughs> four pack. Well, let me continue here. So uh, the other two films are uh, Christmas Mail, which looks like the most Hallmark-ass Christmas movie imaginable. Is it going to be a You Got Mail sort of situation, or is it... In this holiday romantic comedy, a mysterious woman who works at the post office answering Santa's mail captures the heart of a disillusioned postal carrier. Wonderful. Sounds like a delight. Sounds like a delight. Yeah, for real. Give me that last one. A Golden Christmas. <laughs> is this about pee? Yeah, I was go- about to make a joke about how this is the first X-rated film that we're going to have to do for the podcast. <laughs> okay, the full title of the film is A Golden Christmas, A Tale of Puppy Love. And yes, tale is spelled T-A-I-L. Great. Uh, golden the cover, Retriever. The cover features three Golden Retriever puppies. It's the Ur Santa buddies, basically. It's the proto Santa buddies. But listen to this. Listen to this plot description and tell me if it makes a hint of sense. Hmm. A woman visits her parents for Christmas, hearing that they've quote unquote sold the house. She wants to buy it. At nine, she had a BFF in the woods nearby named Han Solo. She what? and the buyer. She and the buyer are single, divorced, and have a child each. Is he her hand solo? So what? <laughs> so by hand solo, she means she went and masturbated in the woods when she was a kid? Because you're pronouncing Han Solo kind of weird there. 
Yes, all of all of her her uh, jo magic has manifested in the form of a human being who also now has his own child. I'm just really caught up with the fact that cell is in quotes. Yeah, I don't know what that means either. Like everything about this just warrants further investigation, and it's mostly because I don't want to talk about Santa with goddamn muscles. We've been putting it off for quite a while. Uh, so anyway, that's I'll those just are Mount say. Santa with muscles is not any dumber than Three Ninjas Kickback. <laughs> that is an extremely uh, obtuse reference. Go on, please. It's a stupid mid-90s kid movie that's not any stupider than any other mid-90s kid movie. You watch it, and it doesn't make any sense, but if you kind of just apply kid logic to it, it's like, yeah, cops act like that. Yeah, when you're a millionaire, this is what you do with your time. You when you're a millionaire, you go shit, out on you a paintball. You chef. Yeah. <laughs> you go out on a paintball. You you ride around in a Jeep and shoot paintballs at people. And it's like, this this would, movie would make sense if a literal child wrote it, because it's how a child would think someone would act. Mm. I don't know what excuse the presumably grown-ass screenwriters have for this. Yeah, the one note that I wrote about this film when it was over was, this is one racist professional wrestler away from just being an earnest film. It's basically Ernest Saves Christmas 2, but Ernest is a buff bodybuilder type. Uh, and, oh my god, I don't even know where to start with this shit. Our wrestler count. How many wrestlers showed up in this? I counted two. Um, I don't know that I even spotted the second one. There's Hulk Hogan, the, obviously. It was the sumo guy in the church, right? Yes. Yes, that was Brutus the Barber Beefcake. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, that, that completely uh, slipped my slipped by me so okay <clears throat> way post brutus the barber beefcake being a thing people knew about so hulk hogan was doing him a fucking favor letting me in the movie for about five seconds that's some favor professional wrestling is fucked up that is some favor let me tell you <laughs> so anyway santa with muscles concerns hulk hogan aka terry balea aka that fucking guy uh as a fitness guru named blake thorne who is the kind of guy who goes out with his buddies paintballing and being chased by the cops, represented here via Clint Howard. For some ungodly reason, Clint Howard is in this movie. We've mentioned him several times, but is this his first appearance on anything we've watched? I believe it is. I want to say it really is. Because we've he's in Silent Night, Deadly Night three and four, but we've not watched those, if I remember right. Right, but I, I'm pretty sure this is the first appearance of Clint Howard on this podcast, like legitimately. Oh, the other sad thing about this movie: this movie opened on November eighth, nineteen ninety six. It landed at number fifteen on the box office <laughs> for that weekend with hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Number one that weekend was Ransom, directed by Clint's brother, Ron Howard, <laughs> and it made $34, $34 million. Uh, now, I'm checking to see if uh, Clint Howard is in uh, Ransom. There's no way he's not, but I have Yeah, to I mean, know. there's so many, like, murderers and kidnappers and rapists in that movie. Clint had to be one of them. That's his, that's his like, that, that's his genre, his niche. Breaking news, Clint Howard was not in Ransom. He was in Santa with Muscles, but not Ransom. <laughs> How was that Thanksgiving dinner? Oh, that had to be the most awkward Thanksgiving dinner ever. <laughs> so, Ron, how's your movie doing? Oh, yeah, it's great. 
it's top of the box office. How's your movie doing? Uh, yeah, I'm getting work. I'm I'm, I'm working. I played a cop. He, he doesn't obviously rape anybody in this movie. <laughs> Just past the gravy, Ron. <laughs> anyway, so Blake Thorne is you know this fitness guru going out and uh, speeding around town with his but his uh, paintball buddies, and they get chased by the cops, Clint Howard, and he runs into the nearest shopping mall in Lakeville, which I'm assuming is. is I grew up there. <laughs> I grew up here. I can I can ditch the cops here. Hides in the mall. Uh, finds a Santa costume, puts it on, uh, does not convince the cops for one minute that he's actually Santa Claus because they see the uh, the, ca- the paintball camo at the back of his jacket. Uh, but he is thrust down a garbage chute, knocked out. Suddenly he has amnesia, and he's discovered by a, a mall Santa elf named Lenny, who is played by Donna's dad from that 70s show. Yup. And Lenny is being is has been a he has been tasked by like the people who run the mall to find a Santa Claus because Santa hasn't shown up. But also he's working for the evil uh, mad scientist that basically runs the town named Ebner Frost, who's played by Ed Bagley Jr. (laughs) Joseph is not having a stroke. There's a group of evil scientists that run the town. And I want to just say, to support my theory that this movie was written by literal actual children, yep. the amount of money Lenny is in debt to Dr. Frost for <laughs> is $50. something... Yes, $50 would turn his life around, he says. But, okay, so let's talk about Mr. Frost for a minute. He's buying up the entire town for some nefarious purpose that we find out later. But he's doing so like a fucking cartoon villain in a, a, a Saturday matinee from the 40s. The or like a part... villain from Three Ninjas. <laughs> okay. The best part about it is that they've just taken some two-door house in like the Hollywood Hills and have put tinfoil on the outside of one of the facades of the house and then they have like water coolers that every time there's a shot, <laughs> every time there's an establishing shot, the water coolers shoot out jets of steam just to remind you that this is a a mad scientist's house crazy shit's going on here it's uh it's very good because it's just some boring boring dude's house but with a couple water coolers that shoot out jets (laughs) it's very good and it's it basically does feel like it was directed by like a nine-year-old or written by a (laughs) nine-year-old It's basically like a set from a Power Rangers episode. It's yes. He's got four henchmen, but his his primary henchman, Doctor Blight, is it? Has his own henchmen. Yeah, he's got his own lackeys. Doctor Blight is like just your average run of the mill, just some jackass in a lab coat who likes to do experiments on people, basically to torture them into selling their land to Mister Frost. And to do this, his three assistants, he has a geologist named Mr. Flint, who basically is just Brad. Thank you. That's a joke for literally just me and Brad. So everybody mm-hmm. enjoy that. <laughs> Thanks. Love you. Love you, bud. Yeah, there's I Mr. Love you too. <laughs> there's Mr. Bile, who is a chemist who literally huffs his own farts. Yep. And I don't know what else to say about that. And yep. finally, there's uh, Miss Watt, who I wrote down was an electro dominatrix. So, 
This is I a children's to, film. This is a and children's they're all film. Disgraced professors, specifically. Yes, because how they're all they, doctors. How did they come up with this? Did they go to the costume shop and then, then these are like the three costumes that they had left over? So they're like, okay, you know, a jumpsuit, a electro dominatrix, and a you know Indiana Jones costume. This is this is all we have left. This is what you got to work with. I ha- I have to assume some studio shut down and they just went dumpster diving. It seems like it because this movie is just full of. It, it, this movie is set dressed with trash, basically. <laughs> and we're not talking about the actors, actually. No. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. That's terrible. Uh, Yeah, so Hulk Hogan disguises himself. I'm sorry, Blake. It's Hulk Hogan. Fuck it. Hulk Hulk. We're just going to call him Hulk. Yeah, the Hulkster disguises himself as the Mall Santa, and he's coaxed out to you know the little San- the Winter Village to meet with the children and play santa claus oh oh there's a there's a slight b plot sorry there's one complication to this which is actually important to the plot lenny finds his wallet on him while he's unconscious and swipes like he's holding onto his wallet because he doesn't want blake to find out that he's blake so he holds onto the wallet but he also is trying throughout the film to use the credit cards or the the debit cards to access the ATM to get it all of Blake's money because he's the richest man in 10 10 states. Yes, literally a and, line from the movie. And that's why he that's why he sticks around. That's why yeah. money sticks around. Yeah, the richest man in 10 states is a guy who sells basically Newman's own but a little healthier. Yes. Oh, and also he needs Blake's thumbprints to access the the weird biometric ATM. Which is why he's like stuck to stuck to Blake like glue throughout most of the movie. Anyways, but but specifically, it needs his left thumbprint because he tries it. He tries to to scan the ATM card and use a glass that Blake had picked up, and it, it recognizes that it's his right thumbprint, but it needs his left thumbprint. Yep. So that means that the ATM has both thumbprints and is just programmed whenever you use the right one to be like, no, I want the left one. I, I thought about that too. <laughs> <laughs> this is your right. That's not right. <laughs> it's it's it, they basically invented the whole uh the like the biometric shit that that Apple has on their iPhones like 20 years ahead of time. So this this was released in late 96. When do you think this was actually filmed? Mm, 94 because, because Hulk was very much not juicing in this movie too much. And in 96, he was deep into that Hollywood Hulk NWO shit. And then he was back on the fucking sauce then. And so, this is two years before that 70s show. But Mila, Mila Kunis looks like she's about nine. Yeah. Wait, oh, yeah. By the way. The show didn't start until 98. Or I know wait, it, it started as early as 1998. I had no idea. Yes. Wow. Yes. Uh, we should also point out at this point, this is Mila Kunis's first feature film. <laughs> She's she the done... older kid in the orphanage, right? Yeah, she's the yes. one that like actually tailors his new Santa suit to like be like the buff superhero Santa that he is in the end of the movie. Ugh. <laughs> We're skipping ahead here. Anyway. What the fuck, you guys? <laughs> Alright, alright. Let me let me break it down for you. So he's he's playing new Santa. He thinks he's Santa. 
and he goes to do the mall Santa stuff, and there are two hoodlums who are trying to steal a jar of money that is for the children's orphanage. Which and I do foil... want to say, one of them was wearing an ironic dare shirt in 96. That's that's pretty ahead of its time. Yeah, it was pretty ahead of its time, because dare was like still very much a thing in 96. Um, Once again, it's basically right. Bulk and Skull from Power Rangers. It yeah. is absolutely, yep, it is. He foils that plot. And then uh, returns the money and finds, he looks at the banner saying, you know, benefit the children, the, you know, the, the orphanage children. And help. he's like, I need, I need to go to there. Yeah, like, help um, save the children's mission. And he's like, I think they need some help. Yeah. And you just. That's all the like, motivation I need. <laughs> we get like a montage of him just like power walking all the way. No, I think he takes a car. Anyways. Uh, they go to the children's mission, and we are introduced to the other characters. There is the matron of the children's mission, and the caretaker, and there are three children left, because all of the other children, again, can only get adopted around Christmas. They, these are the three leftovers, so to speak. That's what the line of one of the children. The caretaker um, is Garrett Morris, who I didn't recognize almost because he wasn't yelling. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, su- a, hmm? I'm surprised that more SNL actors were not uh, found in the trash among the rest of this film. <laughs> uh, we, we have three children. We have the littlest, who is Elizabeth, which is a, a connection to our previous film that we watched. She was the replacement to play Ducky in the Land Before Time series after the passing, the untimely passing of, help me out here. Judith Barcy? Yeah. Yes. That, yes. That that girl. Um, so that's a that's a fun little unplanned not it's not fun that a child well, it's not died. Not fun at all, no. Sorry. That is an interesting coincidence that was not planned out on our part whatsoever. We are Anyways. not that clever. No. We're also Anyhow. not that we're mean, but we're not that mean. Come on. Yeah, we're not gonna go there. Uh yeah, we only find dead parents funny, not dead children. Come on. Yeah. And hey, guess what? Oh. The kids in this film are orphans, therefore there's probably some dead parents. <laughs> you gotta sound the dead parent clacks on. <laughs> then we have a silly teen boy and a somewhat less surly teen girl who knows about science and is a good good tailor. Yeah. That's, that's um, about it. That's pretty much it. So we, we got, yes. I do like the suggestion that a kid in an orphanage still goes to school because most orphanages we've seen have just been like... Kid depositories? Just kid prisons, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 yeah, they're kid banks. They keep the kids locked up in the vault, the kid vault. And hey, guess what? There's a kid vault in this movie, too. There is a kid vault. Um, So the... Only holdout left in town that the science gang hasn't bought out is the orphanage for who knows what reason. I mean, sentimentality, I suppose. Um, suggesting that they own the rest of the town. Yeah, and like we see it their their map of all of the the land in town that they own, and the map is this weird like thermal imaging map of the town. Yeah, it's like a and, weird lucite yellow, red, and green map. It's really weird. Basically, Santa hears the call of adventure when he's taken to uh, the orphanage, and he finds out what is going on with the orphanage and how Frost wants to take it over so that he can own the whole town for some spooky reason. But the kids 
but the youngest, Elizabeth, is absolutely convinced that he is Santa. So he has to keep up the facade for a little bit longer. And there's a, a, a an adorable, quote-unquote, adorable scene where she explains to him what Santa's four rules are. And I will recite them to you because I wrote them down. Which it might be worth pointing out that that's a gimmick running up with Blake is he is some sort of self-help guru as well. And he has a bunch of rules for life that he's made his staff memorize because he's kind of an asshole. Yeah, oh, yeah. Life, such as never give an inch, especially when you can take one or never lend a hand. You might need it later. Or my favorite is when he's driving with his uh, chef, I believe, and he says, rule 21, when in doubt, get out. And then he just tucks and rolls and jumps out of the car. <laughs> so so then uh, Elizabeth is telling Santa the, the, the Santa rules. Always help someone less fortunate than you. You never turn your back on someone in need. When in doubt, help out. And finally, act the way you do at Christmas all year round. Those first three are all the same rule. But the fourth one, I feel like we ha- we have a pretty good handle on already. Yes, because uh, we're a bunch of jackasses all all twelve you know months of the year, and so we're a bunch of jackasses at Christmas too. That's great, and that's lovely, and I, and uh, what have you? Anyway, so the next morning, Mila Kunis turns Santa's coat into a sleeveless vest, and she tells him that she learned how to do this from a Mega Man comic book. I'm not yeah. sure what that's all about. I think they just pulled a phrase out of thin air because the comic mm. book she has does not look like Mega Man whatsoever. No, it doesn't. I, uh, I, I'm going to guess the entire thought process was, what's another word for super? Mega, there we go. Yeah, I think I think these writers did not know that Mega Man was a thing that existed. Or if they did, it was because somebody's kid played Mega Man and they assumed that a Mega Man comic book existed and they needed a comic book and they just held up a comic book. Anyhow. Anyway, it's at this point that we learn that there is something underneath the orphanage that that is what Frost wants. Why the reason he wants the orphanage is there's something down below. And the kids take him to or kids the kids take Santa to this vault where they hang out, and they all know a little bit of the code to get into the vault, but there's one last piece that they don't remember. And then Santa instinctively just takes the vault and like g- gives it that one last nudge, you know, the last number needed for the code, because uh, he sees on the wall scratched his initials, BT. And, uh, oh, gee, that's a little odd, but, you know, his muscle memory kicks in and he just opens the vault. His muscle memory. Ah, Fuck uh, you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I do want to take pains to mention that throughout this movie up at this point, they, the orphanage is literally being terrorized by the, by these like disgraced professors. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they like Saddam Hussein down a statue (laughs) with their ice cream truck. Earlier in the movie, they did the same thing with a, they tied a rope to the Christmas tree and a rope to their van and dragged it out of the front door of the the church or the orphanage. And Santa stopped them by literally grabbing the chain and just holding onto the truck as it tried to run over Garrett Morris. Yes. Uh, So we we at least know that uh, he's not fooling around. He does actually have, uh, I'm not going to say he has superpowers. I almost said he had superpowers. He does not. He's just a really strong dude. His his muscle mass gain, gain supplements aren't fucking around. That's all no, I can say. That's right. It's a real deal. His superpower is love, okay? I, there, I said it. So they go into this vault, and inside the vault is 
what I can only describe as a crystal cavern that might explode. It's J.O. Crystals. Fuck you, Brad. I can't believe I didn't put that together. (laughs) (laughs) The most powerful J.O. Crystals known to man. They're hypercritical and they're ready to blow. Blow. (laughs) The orphanage is built on a cavern of J.O. Crystals. So they're all the shame. That's that's why that's why all the shame. That's their great shame. So they hide it underneath in the caverns underneath the, the cathedral. It's also the reason the windows glow. <laughs> Jago magic. Oh my god. So what you're saying is that Blake Thorne as a child jerked off in this cave and therefore the cave is now magic. Precisely. And and his ad- intense shame from it. Because this is a this is probably a Catholic mission, uh, is what propelled him to superstar status with his uh, self help guru shtick. Yup, it yep. all makes sense now. <laughs> um, but Doctor Frost wants the Jo crystals. We come to find out he we... wants the Jo magic for himself. Yes, and he no one no one bothered to tell him that the real Jo magic was inside him all along. <laughs> Thank you. Um, quick question. Yes. Why did he need to buy up the whole town if he was just trying to get to the crystals? I see. I don't the think map suggests that the cavern is huge and stretches under the entire town. Oh, and he didn't know that there was an access point there until they went down and found it. Right. That God. all he knew is that was just this, like the center of mass for whatever was underneath the town. Got I it. guess. Got uh, it, so it. that was sort of the final piece of the puzzle. It's not particularly well thought out, is it? No, because but the, other the because otherwise otherwise he could have just gone to any one of the little feeder points in this cavern system and just wandered through. But uh, yep. that's that's not how evil billionaires work now, is it? Uh, no. Um, but the implication is that these crystals are like a great energy source or whatever, and they're worth millions. Okay, cool. Got it. And you can probably do evil science-y things with it. Um, As evinced by the fact that when one of the kids drops one of the crystals, it fucking explodes. Yes, it does. It, and I'm, I'm <laughs> it, not... it blows its load. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a Catholic mission. <laughs> All that pent up frustrated energy. Yep, <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Okay, so it's at this point in the film where uh, Santa and Doctor Blight have a big climactic fight at the top on the roof of the mission, and Santa has him on the ropes. <laughs> Get it? Because he's a wrestler. Until a, a motorized robotic Santa accidentally pushes Santa off the roof into a garbage truck. It, it's as bad as you think it is, and it's as poorly choreographed as you think it is. It is the clumsiest of clumsy uh, <laughs> plot devices. It's it's if you imagine, if you will, one of those robotic Santas where the arms just go up and down, and I think they had an intern down below the frame, like holding on to it and just kind of rotating it a little bit into the Hulk and like having it push him. Yeah, it's it's like in the critic when the 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 Annie Wilkes woman gets knocked the fuck out by the by my book statue. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. But also, I guarantee you that wasn't the actual Hulkster that got knocked down, you know, out of the window because it's 
frames so closely that you just see his legs being pushed. Guarantee you that was a stunt double because Hulk doesn't want anybody to uh, actually knock him down. The Hulkster cannot be shown had to have any weakness. Yeah, his entire garbage. gimmick in wrestling was like was like not selling hits. So yeah, that yeah, checks basically. out basically. <laughs> but falling into the garbage the garbage truck uh, cures him of his amnesia, and he remembers who he is, and he wakes up at home on Christmas Day wearing his Santa costume, thinking it was a dream, thinking that it was all a dream. And Doctor Blight and his goons have jerry rigged the uh, telephone wires to. Uh, intercept his call to the orphanage and basically tell him to get lost. We don't need you anymore. Th- him thinking that it's actually what's her name at the orphanage, at orphanage telling him to get lost. Um, at this point, bad shit happens and Dr. Blight and his goons take over the orphanage, kidnap the kids with T squares. Yeah. T squares. <laughs> This is the biggest example that whoever wrote this did not understand scientists, the, the general My concept of scientists. Was that, like, the original script had that one character have an axe, and they were just like, we can't have a ki- character with an axe threatening kids. Oh, fuck, give them a T-square, it's the same shape, whatever. But they but all have More than T-squares. one character had one, yeah. So it's it, some weird thing about, like, professors. But... There are very... F- uh. So what you're saying is this is an extremely anti-intellectual film. This I'm just saying that a T... People with doctorates. A T-square is also more hates of a mathematician. Police, so I get that. Ugh. Sorry. Brad, I'm sorry. No, Brad, go I'm, ahead. I'm, I'm just getting caught up on the T-squares. It's more of a draftsman's tool or a mathematician's <laughs> tool. And it well, that's what me. when I... When I saw him with the T-square, I assumed, oh, he's not actually a scientist. He's just a doctor of something else, possibly mathematics. Yeah, it's just the laziest shorthand. They should have, ah, I don't know. What else could you use? Santa's workshop. What else could the, the goons use that is shorthand for science, but not a T-square, but also a weapon? Calipers. Erlen, calipers are pretty good. Erlenmeyer flat. They could just whip Erlenmeyer, Erlenmeyer flasks at people. I guess. I mean, that'd be uh, pretty cool. Um, uh, you know, it is know. Christmas. They could have you given more use to those large ass candy canes. Yeah. I know that's not an answer to your question, but I mean, it is a Christmas movie. It I mean, if they're supposed to be Christmas-y. mad scientists, give them like goofy ass sci fi laser guns. You yeah. Know? Yeah, for good. real. They should have been able to come up with some uh, some kind of invention, like some mad scientist invention for for uh, uh, restraining children. <laughs> no, they I just lock know. them in a kitchen. Apparently, yeah, yeah. Well, their their plan <laughs> is we not have an evil robot in it. Wow, this movie does not have an evil robot, does it? No. It honestly, it wasn't in the budget. They they wandered by a sharper image, and there wasn't a robot in the trash that day, so they couldn't have one for the movie. <laughs> so anyway, they are trying to mine this cavern for its its precious resources, and to mine this cavern, they are going to use the the child labor uh, found at the orphanage, notably the only three children that live at the orphanage. That's going to be, let me tell you, a uh, a great use of resources. Three children mining uh, J.O. crystals. Actually, I should I should be be sent to jail for that last sentence. The uh, the greatest scientific minds of their time are relying on three children 
to mine all of the J.O. crystals. Coming this November <laughs> to a, a Cinemark near you, it's Santa with muscles. Hey, like, cheap rip-off Christmas Hollywood that's actually in Vancouver, please stop putting J.O. crystals in all these children movies. It's creepy, yeah. and it's gross, and it's wrong. We're gonna... Are we gonna... Yeah. I think we're gonna have to run an anti-J.O. crystal campaign here. <laughs> I think... Hey! Hey, Hollywood, it's your buddies, Christmas Creeds, and we're here to tell you, J.O. crystals, they're not cool. They're actually kind of spooky and creepy, and whoever keeps putting them in your Christmas movies is a weirdo, and they should be run out of town on a rail, the more you know, Christmas Creeps. Zip it and then ship it. All right. Brad, what does that mean? That means pack it up and ship it out. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the, the, what do you want me to say about the end of this film? He, even though he's not, he knows he's not Santa anymore, he goes to save the kids because he just, he decides he wants to be a good person at Christmas. We and have so, a bad, we have a bad plot twist where they were both Blake and Doctor Frost were both orphans at the orphanage and best buddies. So there's that. I don't know how he didn't remember that. So that's cool. Uh, when he was a kid, he junctioned a guardian force, so he doesn't remember any of that shit. Hi, video game chat. Oh boy, here we go. You done did it now, John. Go for it. <laughs> what? I just no. You opened Final the Fantasy, door to the Final Fantasy VIII remakes coming out, or not remake, but remasters coming out soon, so you can actually get it on PS4 finally. That's fucking cool. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Uh, if but we're... I, 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 I'll give this movie a little bit of credit that they did kind of telegraph that he was a known. That at least Garrett Morris's character knew who he was, but I was like, "Oh, he knows him because he's a literal like fitness celebrity, right?" Yeah, it's like, "Oh, his his face is on all is on all kinds of food you see in the movie, like cereal and coffee cans and all kinds of stuff." Yeah, but also like when he's opening the vault and he sees his initials and he's like, "Oh, that's kind of odd." BT. Uh, he doesn't. He still doesn't put two and two together. And even when he finally is just flat out told this, it doesn't matter because. There's no the film does not stakes. tell us there's in, there's no stakes and the film doesn't tell us there's any history be- between these two people at all. Like Frost and Thorn uh, up until this point in the film have not met each other, so we don't know if they have a history or not. So it doesn't even matter. Yeah, he's just like, "Oh, that makes sense why I knew that combination." Yeah, it's just, "Oh, that's that's a weird thing." Um, but so their fight have, uh- Okay. Oh. Climactic sword fight with J.O. Crystals, and I'm not making this up. <laughs> but before this, hang on. Before he gets to the fight, he and his staff, his chef and his like butler and his personal uh, uh, chauffeur, all pile into his Humvee and race off to the orphanage. And that's where Clint Howard catches back up with them and is calling in all of the cops in town to stop them. And we get this amazing scene where a police officer pulls out a bazooka and fires it at Hulk Hogan. And Hulk Hogan evades this bazooka missile and it hits Clint Howard's car. Yes. I don't know what this film is doing anymore. They had the budget for an explosion and they were going to use it. And they used it in the wrong fucking place. Because, yes, and we'll get into that now or shortly. I guess it was just a little bit ahead of its time of just predicting that cops would just literally have military surplus shit and just use it all willy-fucking-nilly. 
I, I really do think yeah. this movie has a pretty good point with its whole fuck the police message. Yeah, because it was like the mid '90s, right when the whole like it's immediately post like L.A. riots when uh, the L.A. cops had more weapons than God, and it's long enough in the past that they can start making jokes about it. Yeah, speaking of which, did you catch that weird line where Clint Howard's cop was just kept you like, "I was in Desert Storm." Which yeah, just like just really felt weird more than anything else. Like, because they're trying to like get him off of their tail, and he's and they're like throwing protein powder at him and salad dressing, and he's yelling like, "You can't scare me! I was in Desert Storm, I was in the shit." I, I guess the joke is supposed to be that like Desert Storm was just an absolute cakewalk of a war, and the only people that like got hurt in it on the U.S. side more or less just had like exposure to like chemicals and shit like i don't I, remember much about it but from what i remember like it was pretty much a fucking curb stomp more or less i mean if you want to get into the details of it that's different but yeah culturally historically uh, desert storm is not known for being a a, a a terrible war for the u.s so i think that was just like a joke and uh, I'm f- I'm just failing to put together any of the things that make this film Santa with muscles because like w- uh, my question for all of it is just why why Santa with muscles why anything because Actually, money the- why a big suit hey speaking of money do y'all know who produced this film who executive produced this film I know who it is but I don't remember his name I just read it, the Wikipedia article about his it's a McMahon. It's Jordan Belfort, and if that name sounds familiar to you, it's because Leonardo DiCaprio played him in the movie The Wolf of Wall Street. There you go. He's... This is not the only Hulk Hogan-related movie he's executive produced, either. No, it's not. Because he also produced, um... Uh, help me out here. It's not Suburban Commando or, like, Mr. Nanny or Mr. Oh, or whatever. The, Any of the ones you know. The Secret Agent one. Club. It's The Secret Agent Club. Which is not a film I've even heard of. Same. Same. And and like this this movie came out the same year, ninety-six, in an era in a time when I would have definitely heard about like this many Hulk Hogan movies coming out at once. Because like <laughs> I was weirdly obsessed with shit like Suburban Commando and um oh, what's the other one? Not is Thunder. It Mr. Nanny or Mr. Mom. One of those is Thunder in Paradise is the show, but which one yeah. of those is the Michael Keaton one? Which one of those is the Hulk Hogan one? Mr. Mom is the Michael Keaton one. And I'm I want to say Thunder in Paradise is this the TV show where it was it was the TV show that was literally Night Boat from the Simpsons. Yeah, basically, yeah. Anyway, what we're saying is Hulk Hogan did not ever have anything resembling a decent film career. Rocky 3 exception accepted. <laughs> Gremlins 2. Okay, you know what? I'll give you that one. I will give you that one. Uh, but anyway, so their climactic fight scene happens in the J.O. cavern with J.O. crystals as J.O. swords. And <laughs> I've waited J- my entire life for to hear you say that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it was worth it, Brad. So the J.O. energy that has built up from this fight turns the orphanage into a pile of rubble, not unlike the final scene from Poltergeist, where the house just collapses into itself. 
Spoilers yes. for Poltergeist. The house just gives up and is just like, I'm tired of all these J.O. references. BRB <laughs> killing myself. <laughs> oh, and I'm like, Lord. hey, house, big fucking mood. The <laughs> <laughs> same. It me. Extremely it me. Uh, so the, you know, the cops show up and they arrest all of uh, Frost and his goons. They took him away. And then it cuts to, I'm assuming it's some other time. It's I don't know when it, it is, but like... Uh, Thorn decides he's going to take all the kids to his mansion, and he also can just do that with kids. I guess just take them. I mean, not, well, like, not like their parents are going to complain. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like people are going to come looking for these kids, which is actually the saddest thing I've, I've ever I've said about this film. But yeah, so all these kids, and then a bunch of new kids we've never met before are just hanging out at Thorn's house having a party, and basically the party is just. For them to watch through a telescope as Frost and his goons pick up trash on the highway. Because that's a fun thing to do to criminals, is to watch them enjoy their misery while you, uh, you know, you ha- have a beer in the backyard and you get to watch uh, Frost and uh, Blight and Vile and Watt pick up uh, newspapers in cartoon prison outfits. Yeah, they, they did that's have how cartoon I like- prison outfits. That's how I like to spend my Sunday afternoons. Through a telescope. You know how I don't like to spend my Sunday afternoons? Watching Santa with muscles. It's not a good movie. There are, there are bright spots. This. It is 1,000% my fault. Fuck you, Joe. At least I you're know. willing to own up to it. It's, it was brave of I you know. to admit it. Um, I, keep, I keep suggesting the Paul Giamatti Santa movie, which at least has Paul Giamatti in it, even if everything else about it's a fucking train wreck. You know, one of these days, Fred Claus is going to happen, and I'm going to hold you responsible. But having just watched Santa with muscles, I don't think I have a leg to stand on. So okay. there were some bright spots in this movie, but generally overall, it was... Hey, hey, Brad. Ugh. Yeah. Brad. I would love to know what you thought the bright spots in Santa with muscles were. <laughs> um, there were parts of it. It was not, it again was not a movie that's so bad. It's good. It was just bad, but there were just really weird choices that were kind of funny. Just like the whole scientist thing. Also, I don't yeah, know it's... if Hulk Hogan is just a really bad actor or if it was intentional, but some of his deadpan lines are, are so bad. They're good. Um, but anyhow, that the, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was looking for a silver lining in an otherwise very, very, very bleak experience. I, I will get to say, this is not any stupider than any random kids movie from the nineties. The plot makes absolutely no fucking sense, but that's because you're an adult and watching it. If you were right. a kid, this would be like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Cops do that. Yeah. Scientists do that. Yeah, millionaires go around in jeeps shooting paintballs at people. That's how they spend their free time. Isn't that yeah, true, it's, though? It's all kid logic. It's it, it. I like the kid logic, honestly. It's just <laughs> so like free of reason and operating in the real world. It's it's. There's something. It's. I wouldn't say it's charming, but at least it's unassuming. I don't know. Yeah, I mean. At, for, at the very least, Hulk Hogan is really not trying hard to play a character here. He's basically just Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yes. And I, 
this was one of those movies I had high hopes for, like in terms of its badness, because it's one of the it's one of the bad Christmas movies you always hear about. Like everyone makes jokes about it, but then you sit down and you watch it, and it's just it just sucks the air out of the room. Yeah, with how it's, it's, it mainly commits the sin of being boring more than it is bad. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. I I literally I'm, I'm not kidding. I paused the film because I thought, oh, for sure. Uh, the the big battle's coming up and and we're gonna get out of here. And I paused the film and I was only thirty minutes into the film. I know, right? This is a ninety minute film. <laughs> Could have easily been a tight thirty TV special or a seventy minute film at the most. But this it takes been like its an time hour with commercials, TV special, just forty four minutes in and out. Yeah, this at takes most, its I think sweet old this. Time. At most, I think this is a Saturday Night Live sketch starring Hulk Hogan. Not a 93-minute feature film starring Hulk Hogan. Ugh. It's... It's brutal. Not... It, it, it's, yeah. It, it's, and it, that's the thing. It's not even, like, soul-crushingly bad because of, you know, insane production choices or a plot that doesn't make any sense. It's just insanely boring. It's yeah. Like I don't even know what I'm supposed to make of this beyond like it's a shitty attempt at making some kind of kids film about a muscled Santa Claus. Like it's I, basically the it's basically the comedy version of Silent Night Deadly Night. We're in the mid 90s here. We're getting into like post history. It's just this is there's nothing about this movie. There's nothing about it that is any uh, approaching any level of oh, art, and, you know, and, at all. Oh, yeah. At all. It's it's a commercial product, first and foremost, obviously. But oh, even, e- even even films that are made purely as money-making ventures usually have something about them. But there's it really sets off a bit of an existential crisis because there's just no reason for this movie to exist. You know? Yeah, and the other the other thing that kind of really uh the other thing that really depresses me about this film is in doing research for it after the fact there's basically nothing like you go to imdb and there's three or four like trivia tidbits you go to wikipedia and it's basically a stub of an article about this film like there's no production history that's weird or strange there's no like you know nothing about this film is historically bad it's just a dumb piece of shit that people make jokes about you know it's kind of I'm, you know it, i'm supremely bummed out by this movie do you know how you know about american cheese yeah let me tell you about american cheese the way they make american cheese is when they're making all the other normal kinds of cheese and then there are cheese shavings that fall onto the factory floor they sweep all of those up and they add some dye and then they press it into a square and they call it american cheese I feel like this is the American cheese of movies because it's just like the trimmings of other movies from the sets to the actors to everything else. Like this is just a movie byproduct, you know? Yeah. It's... Like if you told me the the like the heat map board they use is like, oh, it's just it's just that one prop that they're using to play Battleship of Batman Forever. I'd be like, yes, that makes sense. It's the exact same prop. <laughs> yeah. This yeah, is I can just. See that. The movie that they made because they needed to make a movie and they had all the movie parts and pieces. So let's make a movie. Because mm-hmm. that's what that's what we're paid to do. I mean, when your executive producer is most famous for, like, stock market scams, 
that kind of says something about the movie itself. Like, <laughs> there's no other reason for this to exist other than to be a scam. <laughs> yes. <sighs> or it's like if you found this movie in uh, in a grocery aisle, it would just be like the, you know, the the rations that they give out, like FEMA gives out. It's like mm-hmm. generic generic children's Christmas movie A. And I like want... a, it's it's gray and it's got a black label on it. And I want to point out, I've done that for this podcast before. I have been to grocery stores and just randomly pulled Christmas movies out of the rack, the five dollar cheap ass rack. So like, we're not above this kind of shit. So when we make fun of it and we tell you that it's just depressingly dire, please believe us. Santa with muscles does not deserve any of Dude. the scorn. And I'm not saying that because it's good. I'm saying that because it doesn't deserve to be watched by anybody. It doesn't deserve your attention. I said I had more fun with Jack Frost too. Oh, I had a I had a ton of fun with Jack Frost too. I would watch that movie ten times before I would force myself to watch Santa with Muscles again. So, gentlemen, I am going to say to you right now, I apologize for making you watch this. I try to be optimistic in this in this podcast. I was the one who tried to defend Santa buddies. I try to see the good in films. And try to come up with a reason you might want to watch it. This movie does not deserve your attention. Life is so short. Life is precious. Every minute's precious. Do not waste your time watching Santa with muscles. Even if you think you might enjoy it or think it might be funny because it's bad. It is not either of those things. It is a waste of time. Yeah, I'm about ready to say, like, I'm going to start demanding hazard pay if we keep watching bullshit like this. (laughs) Boy, it's a real shame we didn't get on it. We didn't get in on that uh, Patreon action before they upped their uh, their take. Yeah, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Compliments, anyway. Yeah, that's true. So the last thing we have to do tonight is we have to go to the crankometer. And the crankometer, if you're new to the show, is our patented scale of an X Y axis where we where we rate these movies. Uh, the X axis is how Christmassy a film is, and the Y axis is how good a film is. The quality axis, the quality quotient, if you will, the Christmas quotient and the quality quotient. So, gentlemen, uh, Santa with muscles, X axis, how Christmassy do you think it is? I'm gonna actually say it's pretty Christmassy. I'd say a two or a three. Strangely enough. Because yeah, you couldn't really set it at a different holiday and just fill in with Easter Bunny or some shit. It would just be really weird, and <laughs> you would get the idea of like, why did they just use Santa? Yeah, and plus you have the you have something that's integral to the plot, which is the Santa's rules or whatever. Like True. you couldn't you couldn't stencil in another another generic holiday uh, for that. Well, I mean, you could, but it'd be even weirder. It's <laughs> the four rules of Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> Your uncle, uh, Uncle Sam with muscles. Oh wait, he already had muscle. I don't know. Whatever. Now I'm imagining Lincoln with muscles in his President's Day, and he just like, gets immediately like a mattress sale where he's dressed up in costume. <laughs> 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 All right, you Santa workshop this into a better movie already. How good would that be? <laughs> Honestly, though, if this play- if this movie took place in June and it was still Hulk Hogan in a Santa costume, I think that would be a pretty good movie because. Then you have the added what the fuck factor of why is he wearing a Santa costume? <laughs> is he crazy? And the answer is yes, he is crazy. <laughs> uh. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree. I think this is a solid two uh, for Christmassy because like it doesn't misuse it, but it uses just enough of it to kind of give you the flavor. Hmm. It's just that so much of this film 
resides in the y-axis that we need to discuss that now too so i'm gonna say this is definitely a positive two christmasy so y-axis santa with muscles man what a piece of shit right this puts the y in y-axis <laughs> like why <laughs> did we, we watch why <laughs> i am inclined <laughs> to do go as low as a negative four maybe even a negative five because man humanity this I don't want to give it that film. much credit for being for being like abysmal because it's, it's not. It's just yeah. It's, it's but it's, in a way, isn't that worse? Stupid and nothing. It's it's massively misguided. I'll say <laughs> that. I'll put it that way. This film has very much the same feel of Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny because Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny is this fucking found footage. Um, uh, <laughs> Christmas film <laughs> spliced together from everything they can find, and this this feels almost on that same sort of similar yeah, level. But ninety, Santa, I think we gave Santa Claus a negative five as well. Okay, I think yeah. the best the best word to describe this film, as with you know Santa Claus ice and, and Santa the ice cream buddy, inexplicable. Yeah, I don't know why this exists. <laughs> Awaken some it. deep horror in me that absolutely nothing matters. <laughs> <laughs> it made you feel the passage of time and the, <laughs> the reality that your life is finite. <laughs> Pretty much. And for if that, look, I cannot give this any positive marks. Yeah, I'm going to go with a negative five. It made me stare into the abyss. <laughs> I mean, that's as glowing a review as I could possibly imagine. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm amenable to a negative five. J-Man, what about you? On the one hand, I don't want to fall into the trap of agreeing with IMDb about, like, this nothing burger is the worst thing ever made, but motherfuck to this movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we should also uh, mention this got, uh, this is even lower on the IMDb bottom whatever. No, actually, it's not. It doesn't even exist on that list anymore. What the fuck? Hmm. Why is this? Yeah, this movie does not exist on the IMDb Bottom 100 anymore. Uh, despite the fact that it has a 2.5 out of 10 rating, and that would be enough to place it firmly in the you know the middle 15s next to Alone in the Dark and Battlefield Earth. Maybe they just removed it. <laughs> they took it out of contention? They retired it? Yeah, it's, they retired its number. Its jersey is hanging up in the IMDb rafters. <laughs> Right next to, oh man, right next to uh, Manos, The Hands of Fate, and Jaws 4. Yeah, uh, where it's except... just, it's no competition, so they just struck it from the record. This, oh my this God. exists outside of the concept of movie. Actually, I think I might know what's going on. Yes, it does not have enough votes to make the bottom, the bottom uh, 100 list. So we gotcha. need 1,700 people to go and give Santa with Muscles a score. For it to be rated in either the top or bottom 100. There you go. What, what a load of bullshit. And it's not helped by the fact that this is uh, not legally available to watch anywhere. Correct. Uh, having said that, like we said, if you really feel like wasting 90-some minutes of your life, uh, <laughs> it, this movie does exist on YouTube. No, I will not be putting it in the show notes. Go fuck yourselves. Uh, that was Dude. harsh. And I apologize. <laughs> no, seriously. If Please you do put go watch go fuck yourselves movie, in the show notes. If you want to watch this movie, go do something else. Go take a nap. You can 
You could, you could find a find a muddy field and lie face down in it for ninety minutes, and it'd be a better use of your time. You'd wake up feeling somewhat refreshed, and you, goodness gracious, the earthworms would have you... <laughs> the earthworms would have uh, have chewed off all the dead skin on your face. You're going to be coming out of there just glowing. It's going to be great. You better believe it. Yes. Oh, good lord, everybody. I honestly cannot promise where this show is going next, mostly because, like we always say, uh, the best way to sabotage this show is to call our shot. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to do that because uh, we almost had to we almost had to miss our opportunity to talk about this movie tonight. Um, but I almost watched this movie and didn't get to be on the podcast for it. And that I might have n- just never come back. I that would have been the greatest, <laughs> the greatest sin of all, uh, and and <laughs> it would have all been my fault. <laughs> so, yeah. So, basically, what I'm coming around on is right now in the sort of the Christmas movie community, the Hallmark movie is like the big ticket item. Like it's that's what everybody's gravitating towards because Christmas in July is is like the big selling point right now, and that's great. And I'm a glad y'all are having fun, and I'm happy for you. Uh, but that's just not our jam, so we are forced to resort to other means, like Santa with muscles. <laughs> and I really don't know where we're going to go from here. But that's kind of the fun. Suggestions, yeah. yeah, yeah that's... I, I just want to stay flat out. I refuse to watch Hallmark movies for this. I, I will go play video games instead of do this podcast if you want to do a Hallmark movie. Yeah. Just not our joint. It's not our jam, and it's you know we we mean nothing against uh, the Hallmark fans out there, but uh, uh, everybody has their something. So if you have any suggestions for what we can do next for our, for this podcast of ours, uh, Christmas movies, uh, Christmas TV episodes, if you want to hear a stocking stuffer, you can shoot those to us at Christmas Creeps on Twitter, or email those to us at xmascreeps at gmail uh, if you want to hear me talk about things other than Christmas movies, I'm also running a second podcast over at OST Party on Twitter, where we talk about movie soundtracks. Uh, coming up, we this week alone, we are we are doing uh, the 1995, the 1996 comedy My Fellow Americans. Next week, we're going to be releasing an episode on Super Mario Brothers, the movie. It's going to be a great time. Uh, so J Five and Brad, if you guys want to plug anything, uh, now is the chance. For you to do it, I want to plug this IMDb user-generated list I'm looking at of Christmas movies, which for some reason the last thing on the list is The Wizard of Oz, like The Wizard of Oz. Yes, it's The Wizard of Oz, which apparently Nick Ellison, who made this IMDb list, asserts that The Wizard of Oz is a Christmas movie. The list goes: uh... Nightmare Before Christmas, Muppet Christmas Carol, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, The Wizard of Oz. That's. I mean, oh, that's an, an exhaustive list of Christmas movies right there. But there there are more on there, but unless it's just a list of movies that this person specifically watches at Christmas, then sure, I guess that's valid. Yeah, uh, I think we've probably before, some reason like that. That is the most abysmal thing ever. I don't know why anyone would do that. For like Letterboxd or that's one thing, but if you make a list on IMDb that's just movies I've seen. Yeah, hey. I, IMDb has a lot to answer for, but chief among them is being uh, complete, almost completely user-generated now. It's making IMDb almost impossible to read. Oh, speaking of which, Emmy Cesarigo is in this movie, apparently. You know, who was about seven when this movie was made? Yeah, she was in it as old lady uncredited. That's what IMDb says. Huh. 
I believe it. I don't know why. I don't know. Also, the news reporter played Lapis Lazuli in Steven Universe. There you go. Aha. Uh-huh. Fun fact. So, folks, that's it for Christmas creeps. I don't. I don't know what to say anymore. Uh, Santa with muscles really kind of just destroyed my will to live, and I need to go lie down for a minute. And we will return uh, another day to discuss another terrible, but hopefully not too terrible, Christmas movie. Uh, so, for Christmas creeps, I am Joseph Wade. I'm Bradford. I am Johnny Five, the Human Robot. And. I hope you don't actually watch this film. Thank you and good night. Good night. Just go play Final Fantasy VIII instead. Yeah, anything. <laughs> Just do anything. Anything other than this movie. <sighs> good night, everybody. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas.